You're listening to Connect Communities Podcast, recorded live in Stamford, Connecticut. If you'd like to know more about our community, stop by our website at www.connectcommunity.tv. Enjoy the message. <laughs> good morning. It's good to see you guys again. Some in person. I can't really see you, but some online. Welcome to Connect Community. It's always great to have you guys. Um, we're going to continue the conversation. We started probably three weeks ago, live here. JD started um, with Living Water, and then we had a conversation online last week, which I hope you guys watched. But we're going to continue the conversation. But before I do, I want to pray. Because the Bible says that the word of God never returns void. And my prayer this morning is that it would bear fruit in your life. That a seed, a word, something would produce lasting change. Amen. So God, we thank you that your word is um, sharper than a double-edged sword. And it penetrates, Father, in our hearts. It is your word that changes us. It is your life that gives us freedom. It is in you that we find everything, God. And so I just pray this morning, Father, to, for insight and understanding in every person, Father, that would hear these words and would listen to your word. In your name I pray. Amen. Amen. Let me encourage you. I'm going to give you a lot of information, so let me encourage you to take notes. Let me encourage you to pull out um, this message again. If you can't take notes right now, we'll just listen to it again because I'm going to give you a lot of info and I hope it just doesn't breeze through your mind but that you can actually process it and what it means to you see I was thinking about living water and I was thinking okay living water we all know is Jesus right the Bible is talking about Jesus Jesus is the living water um, but then I was thinking why do we need it like let's let's be honest right let's let's have this conversation have you ever thought to yourself why do I need Jesus have you ever actually thought, what difference does he make in my life? What difference would it make? I mean, we hear often, you know, we're in a broken world and things are happening. So whether you have Jesus or don't have Jesus, what's the difference? What changes? Right? And it's okay to ask those questions. It's okay to often wonder and question your assumptions and what you're living for or what, what, what kind of truth you are living. Because the reality is if you don't question it, that means you're not engaged. If you don't actually question the things that you believe and what, in what you're, um, how you are leading your life, you're not really fully engaged. And so question that. Living water is Jesus. Why do I need Jesus? So as I process that, as I'm thinking through, okay, what, does, what kind of impact does, does having a relationship with Jesus mean I don't suffer anymore? No. Does having a relationship with Jesus mean that everything is going to go perfect in my life? No. Does having a relationship with Jesus exempt me from things? Right? Because we go, okay, well, I'm going to sign up for the thing that's going to make the, my life the most comfortable, the easiest, the richest. Like, I'm going to sign up for something that's going to make my life better and easier. That's what we normally do. But the reality is that a life with Jesus does not mean that. There are two main things that a life with Jesus does, and that's what I kind of want to break down today with you. There are two main needs that every human being has, whether they realize it or not. 
and a life with Jesus does that. First one, now, don't you laugh at my bad handwriting, because it is bad. But I'm going to start with first thing that a life with Jesus does. Freedom. Now, whether we realize it or not, we all want to be free. And again, whether we realize it or not, we all have things that keep us bound. We all do. Right? So a life with Jesus is a promise of freedom. It is a guarantee of freedom. Why? Because his death on the cross was to pay the price so that we would be free. That's what he came to do. He came to set the captives free. He came to release us, what, to heaven? Yes, but also on earth. So now we, when he came, we were bound in our transgressions. We were bound in our sin. And so we were doomed to a life apart from God. When Jesus came, he died on the cross. He gave us the freedom to, again, engage freedom from sin, freedom from all the things that I'm going to break down. But he gave us freedom. Something that we're all looking for. No one wants to live bound. No one. And a life with Jesus will give you freedom. The second component of a life with Jesus. Is belonging. We all need to belong. It is not a, it would be nice to. No, we all need to belong. We all need to belong. We need to belong to something. So much so that we're willing to surrender our beliefs. We're willing to compromise often in order to belong. This starts really early. We see it, we see it very evident and very clearly in the life of a teenager. How much they are willing to surrender their, their own thoughts and their own uh, beliefs in order to belong to a group. But we're no different as adults. We do it too. If, if, if it's in question, if my belonging is in question, you better believe that I will, I'm willing to submit in an area and I'm willing to compromise in an area in order to feel like I belong. Right? So we have the need to freedom and belonging. First thing I'm going to point out is freedom from what? Let's talk about freedom. What do we need freedom from? Well, sin. Again, we all have sin in our life. Galatians 5, 19 through 21 says, Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and things alike. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. And some go, I didn't do any of that. Okay, I'll give you another verse. James 4, 17. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. Did we all fall in the category now? <laughs> right? We all have. The Bible says in Romans 3.23, for all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. All. There's no exception. So we all have fallen into sin and we all need freedom from sin. Right? We all need freedom from that. What else do we need freedom from? Hangups. Now, hangups. This is when my handwriting starts getting really bad because it's like down here. Hangups. Hangups are the things that it's not yet sin, but could lead you to. 
You know, hangups are the things like certain movies you watch produces certain feelings in your heart and then it makes you want to call that bad relationship that you know was not good for you and it's going to lead you in the wrong direction but because you just watched something that really started some feelings you're going to go I'm going to go call that person and then it's the three o'clock call and you know that's not good because nothing good happens after midnight you know what I'm talking about right so it's not sin but it's going to lead you to Hangups are things like um, that's, that's, uh, drinking too much. You know you're going to make the wrong decision if you have too, one too many drinks. And so it's a hang-up, but it's, a, it's an area that you fall, that you have to struggle with often. You know, you know certain people that you keep around you that are, you're not supposed to keep around you, but you're kind of hung up on them? Like those hang-ups, right? It's the gray areas. And we need freedom from that too. Because those things can cost us a lot, right? They're not sin, but they're not good for you. And they can cause you to go in different directions and wrong directions. And the passage that um, God reminded me of here is James 1, 14, 5 that says, But each person is tempted, is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desires. The desire, when it is conceived, gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is fully grown, brings forth death. See, it conceives sin. It's not there yet, but it can lead to it. Now, this is very highly personal, and I encourage you to do an inventory on your life because this one we often know really clearly, and we can go, okay, I'm going to stay away from, you know, these big ones. This one, it's shady. That one is a little shady. That one, you're like, but it's not really bad you know, so I'm just going to keep doing it occasionally. But then it gets you in big trouble. And then the last thing the enemy, I mean, the last thing Jesus came to give us is freedom from oppression. Oppression. Now, oppression. We have a real enemy. And the moment we forget that we have a real enemy, we're, we get in, in, easily we get in trouble. Because we do. We do have, the Bible says in 1 Peter 5.8, be alert and sober-minded. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. And then in Ecclesiastes 7, 7, it says, surely oppression drives the wise into madness. Think about that. Depre- uh, oppression drives the wise into madness and a bribe corrupts the heart. So we, we ought not to forget that there is a third component that causes us to be bound, to not be free, which is an op- oppression. So what is our, I'll talk about our part in there, but it is, um, it is important to recognize that oppression does exist as well. And we do have a third component in this. It's not just, you know, what we do. Now, what is on the side of belonging? Jesus came to give us belonging. And we think belonging to what? What do we belong to, Right? Well, we belong to, number one, God. Jesus is the reconciler. He is the one that connected us back to our Heavenly Father. And we need to understand how much we long to belong to God. Because if we don't belong to God, we're going to look for that, to satisfy that need somewhere else. And this is where a lot of us get in trouble because we are craving God, but we're trying to fill it with other things. 
the craving and the longing in our hearts are, is actually for a relationship with God, is actually for intimacy with God. But instead, we try to look for that intimacy to be fulfilled in other places, in other people, in other activities, and it's never going to be enough. It's never going to satisfy because the longing is for intimacy with our maker, with our father. It says in John 3, 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. Romans 5, 8, but God showed us his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us, right? God has done all the work to go from heaven to connect us back to him. Now all we need to do is in turn is say, God, I want to connect to you. The work of loving has already been done. The work of forgiveness has already been done. It is now our connecting. So we, we want to belong to God and we need to belong to him, right? Whether we realize it or not, we need it. Another part that we have, we need to, um, another component of belonging is we need to belong to people. No one is an island, no matter how much we try, and partially why this pandemic has been so horrific, is that we were forced to disengage with people. The amount of um, research and um, information that's coming out about depression and anxiety and increase in dementia and all these other things that are happening to people because... They are in isolation, and they've been isolated for a year. The, the suicidal ideations, the, it's just causing havoc in people's lives, right? Because of isolation. We were made to belong to each other. We can't do this alone. Life was not meant to be done alone. We were not designed to be alone. And so we need to belong to one another. And Jesus came to do that as well. It says in 1 Corinthians 12, For just as the body is one... And has many members, all the members of the body, though many, are one body. So it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into the body. Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, we are all made to drink of one spirit. What is it? Jesus came to give us this, too. He makes us belong to a body. Right? A relationship with Jesus gives us that second component as well. And the third component of belonging that Jesus does is... Now, I cannot tell you how many conversations I have had with people looking for this. I mean, probably one in every two. People, we make mistakes and we choose, we make bad decisions often because we don't know that we have a purpose. We live a life without meaning. We live, we live a life seeking because we are made to. But we live a life seeking meaning and, but because we don't know that God has created us with a purpose. We start to just go, I'll try this. I'll try that. I'll try here. And we keep longing for this, you know, longing for this and looking for fulfillment in it, for it in the wrong places. But Jeremiah 29, 11 says, for I know the plans I have for you. Guess what? God has a plan. God has a plan for that too. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Therefore, welfare and not for evil, to give you future and a hope. There is a plan in God. So, freedom and belonging, right? We're going to go to the how because I always like, 
get frustrated when people give me a lot of information and don't tell me how to do it? Do you too? I get so frustrated. I'm like, oh, great. I know, I know the stuff now, but how? How do I actually do this? Right? Let's talk about the how. What I thought was pretty interesting. Wait, I'm, I'm, I'm messing with my papers, guys. Okay. What I thought was pretty interesting as I was talking about this is that with freedom, can I move the page back? Maybe. With freedom, we need to tear down. With freedom, we need to break some things down, right? With freedom, we need to receive what Christ has done for us, and we need to break it down. It has to be torn down. What? We have to tear down assumptions. We have to tear down many things. The first thing we're tearing down as it pertains to sin, right? With sin, we have to tear down those things that are making us bound. And how do we do that? Well, there's only one way, one way to get rid of sin. There's only one way to get rid of sin. There's no way to bypass it, right? Only one way. We confess it, and we repent, and we confess. We repent, and we confess. It says in 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That's it. Now, Some of them, we may need a friend to count on and confess to someone else to help us process, right? Because it's a processing issue. But sin is forgiven, and the power of it is forgiven over our lives on confession and repentance. No way around it. Okay, that's how we break down sin. How do we break down hang-ups? That's for sin. Hang-ups. How do we do that? We run. Run from that girl. You run from that guy. You run from it. You run. Just run. Stay away from it. Don't, you know what, delete their number from your phone. Take the bottles out of the house. You know, put, a, put an away message somewhere. The Bible says in James 1.14, each person is tempted when he is lured and enticed by his own desire. So what do you need to do? Stay away from the place that will put you in that desire. Stay away from the situations that will cause you to go down that path. Right? This is things, these are things that lead to sin. So 1 Corinthians 6.18, flee from sexual immorality. Like the Bible does not give us like, you know, if, if the line is there as long as you're here... You're good. No, it tells us flee, run away, like do everything you can. So if you have hangups, if you have areas that you continually see yourself getting in trouble, stay away from it. You know, like I know it's hard sometimes to not keep a relationship. It's hard to sometimes say goodbye to people that have been in your life for a long time. It's hard to shut certain doors. But the truth is this, if you don't do that, you will continually get hung up in the same place. It is your responsibility to run from it. And the Bible says in James 4, submit yourselves therefore to God. That is an act of submission. You submit your will, you submit your desire to God. And then the last one is oppression. And oppression, what do you do with your oppression? You stand. Now, notice, you don't stand here. 
It's going to break something. You don't stand here. You stand here. The, God has given you the authority to stand against the enemy. Bible says in James 4, 7, 7 submit your, yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Right? You stand when it's an oppression. When it's your mistake that you're making, there's no standing. You walk away from it. When it's the enemy, you stand. When it's something that is out of your control, when it's, you know, oppression from other people, when it's oppression from the enemy that is coming at you, and it really has nothing to do with what you did or didn't do, then you stand. That's when you, it's called for boldness. That's when it's time for you to go, uh-uh. Right? But it's not the same. you got to know where you are. Romans 8.1 says, Therefore, there is no condemnation for them that are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. See, if you've done these things, you're walking after the Spirit. If you've confessed your sins, if you got rid of the hang-ups, you're walking according to the Spirit. So here, then you can stand, because you've done what you're supposed to do. Right? But these two need to come first. Because if there's sin in your life, then the enemy has a foothold in your life. Because if there's hang-ups in your life, he knows a way in. And he's sleazy. He'll get in and you'll see that you'll be like you're, you're getting in trouble in the same area. But it is your, because you have not run and you have not confessed. Once you've done those two, you can stand with all boldness because God is for you. And he will defeat the enemy on your behalf. Amen. Let's keep it in order. Okay. Now we're going to go to belonging. Yes, belonging. So we belong to God, right? First thing, we belong to God. So if we belong to, to God, how do we get close to God? Now, prayer and reading. I know you've heard this many times. Look, how do you build a relationship with somebody without talking to them? How do you build a relationship with somebody? The Bible is very clear like, on who God is. He t teaches you all about it. Now, I know Christians who will read every other book but won't read the Bible. <laughs> all the self-help books and all the Christian books and all, you know what I mean? But look, you build a relationship with God by reading his word, by getting to know his character, by learning who Jesus is. Like, he left you a manual, right? You cannot bypass this aspect and know God. You just can't. You get to know God and you belong to God by praying and by reading scriptures. That is the basis of this walk. So if we want to belong to, G to God, this is it. If we want to belong to people, right, how? Community. Now, I, I uh, listened to this podcast by Jordan Peterson this week. That he had a conversation with... I believe it's a pastor or a priest or it, it's um, a religious um, leader. And he was talking about the value of community, which it's mind-blowing because he doesn't even consider himself a believer much. He's like, he's a questioner, which I love about him. He questions everything. But he's like, the value of community in our lives, we literally cannot live without community. We cannot. Right? And so in, in Matthew 18, 20, it says, For there's two or three gathered, for where there are two or three gathered in my name, there I am among them. If you want to belong, if you want to belong, can I encourage you to gather in his name? 
It makes a difference. Right? We, although a walk with God is highly personal, it's also highly communal. Because God is three. He is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. He is in community. And he designed us to be in community. He designed us to be a body. He designed us to work well together. And when we try to live this Christian life without one another, we lack. I mean, immensely. Because it is the rubbing together of sharpening one another. As, sharp, as iron sharpens iron, right? We need to sharpen one another. And we grow by being with each other and learning and talking and wrestling, right? Now, have you ever been in a situation where, like, you are drowning in this, you know, situation? Something happened and then you're, like, thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And you can't seem to find a solution. And then you finally share it with someone. And they give you a little piece of insight and you go, oh, hadn't thought about it that's so good right we're meant to be in community (laughs) that's what it is it's somebody with a different perspective a different relationship with God a different like experience they can come into your life and speak life and speak uh, uh, and see something that you hadn't been able to see and God designed it that way he uses it that way I've said this before but Jesus could have come to earth and done it all by himself but he didn't choose to He chose to have disciples. He chose to do it with people. He, at 12, was at the temple arguing scriptures and talking to other people, again, in community. I am certain that he was sharpening other people and people were teaching him. He was 12, right? He was still learning. So we are made to be in community. The moment we try to do this alone, we get lost in our ways and we feel like we don't belong. And that is the worst place to be because you're going to look for belonging again. Where are you looking for it? Where are you searching for it? God's calling us to be in community with his people so that we can sharpen one another, so that he could be present. And then there's the aspect of James 5, 16. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. There is healing when we are in community. There is healing reserved for when we're praying for one another and we're covering each other and being in each other's space and making one another, like being vulnerable in front of someone else so that we can pray for each other and be healed. There's healing in community. And lastly, it's purpose, right? Belonging, purpose. How? You must engage. And what do I mean by that? I mean... God has given the same person, I mean, the same um, directive to every person who comes into a relationship with him. It's the same. We all have the same purpose. Now, how it's going to play out as in where you're going to do it, that changes. But we have all been given the same directive and have the same purpose. Mark 16, 15. And he said to them, go into all the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Matthew 28, 19 and 20. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations. Baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. Teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of age. What is the directive? Go spread the gospel. Thank you, Mariella. (laughs) Go spread the gospel. That's the directive. That's the purpose. Now we're all asking, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? Go and tell people about Jesus. 
But how do I do that? Wherever you are. Wherever you are at the moment. In this exact moment. If you're a teacher, you do it where you're teaching. If you are a uh, construction worker, you do it with, with, the, with your mates. If you, I mean, I don't know what they call them. Um, if you are a lawyer, you do it with your lawyer friends. I mean, wherever you are, what, wherever God has placed you right now, there is somebody who needs to hear of Jesus. Go and tell them about Jesus. Now, I'm not trained. I don't know the Bible, Alini, you know. That's not what he's saying. He doesn't say, hey, study the Bible and then go tell them about Jesus. He says, tell them what I've done in your life. That's it. You are an expert on your own life, right? You know what you've been through. You know what God has saved you from. Just tell them that. That's all you're sharing. That's all you're telling. What he has done in your life. Go and tell people. That is how the gospel was spread when after Jesus died. That's how we got to know it today. Because 12 disciples 70, 100 at the time, I mean, you know, they all went and told people what they saw. That's it. Right? That's it. They told people what they saw. They saw Jesus die on the cross. Why? For me and you. Why would he do that? You know, he loves us so much that he did it. Look, you know how I tell my story? I was a mess. And now I'm kind of not. Kinda, you know? Right? I was bound. I was looking for satisfaction everywhere. I was alone. I didn't belong to anyone. I didn't belong in any community. I kept looking for things that would satisfy that longing in my heart, but I couldn't find it. I've tried drinking. I tried relationships. I tried. Money wasn't, I mean, I was good. None of that could satisfy my heart. So you know what? One day I encountered Jesus. And that changed everything. And after encountering Jesus, I began to slowly understand and feel what freedom felt like. You know what it's like to be able to sleep at night? Right? You know what it's like to not feel like you're trapped in wrong decisions and bad relationships and waking up every morning thinking, why am I alive? Jesus gave me that. I submitted to him. Just gave him all the stuff that I had done wrong. I confessed it. I still confess it. If I do something, go to the cross. I just confessed it. And then I got rid of the stuff that would cause me to go in that direction. That means I stopped calling certain people. Right? For me, that was my these wrong relationships. They had too much power of my life. And then I just told the enemy where he could go. Because now I belong to Jesus. And since then, I know I belong. And no matter what's happening in the world, no matter what's going on out there, I have a safety in here. Because I know where I belong. I got my people. Right? And I have my purpose. Tell the world about Jesus. It's that simple. That's how we share the gospel. And I want to encourage you this morning that you can spend your entire life looking to find freedom and not attaining it 
because you're looking for people or things to give it to you, which they won't. And you can look for belonging and be empty your whole life. The place where you will find it is in Jesus who gave up his life for you. So if you find yourself there this morning, that's my encouragement to you. If you're wondering, if you've been wondering and feeling it, but you didn't know what it was, there it is. This is why you need Jesus. Not because everything will immediately go right in your life, but because in you, he will produce freedom and belonging. Amen? Amen. Let's close our eyes and pray. Lord, we thank you that you have freedom and belonging for all of us. God, how good it is to walk in your peace. How good it is, God, to know that we don't belong to the world and we're not subject to the world. We live in your freedom and we belong to you. We are your children, God. How good it is to be in that place. I pray, Jesus, that if there's somebody in this room or at home who does not know that, God, that you would awaken in them, Father, a desire, an eager desire, Father, to get to know you. I pray, Jesus, that this word would fall on solid ground. That, Father, that they would wrestle with it. That they would wrestle with the questions in their mind. That they would wrestle with the questions in their heart. That they would actually take a step towards this relationship, God. I thank you that you are faithful to respond every time. We pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. I want to give an opportunity if there's anybody in this room who does not have a relationship with Jesus but wants one. It's really simple. Everybody has their eyes closed. I just want to see your hand. Just raise your hand if you do not have a relationship with Jesus and you want to have a relationship with Jesus. Okay. If there's anybody at home who does not have a relationship with Jesus but wants one, I'm going to encourage you to give a little hand emoji or email us, info at connectcommunity.tv. That is info at connectcommunity.tv and we will help you walk this out. This is the best decision I have ever made in my life. You know, it's interesting. My daughter turns 10 today. You guys can open your eyes. My daughter, I know you guys are so like, everybody got their eyes closed. Um, my daughter turns 10 today. And this week in the car, I was talking to her. I had an opportunity to be with her alone for some reason, which never happens when you have too many kids, you know. Um, so I was in the car alone and we were worshiping. And I said, Maya, do you know that the best decision I've ever made in my life was to accept Jesus into my heart? And she was like, really? I was like, yeah. Why? It's like, because he changed everything. He changed everything. And every time I have the opportunity to spend some time with Jesus, I am reminded of how he changed everything. Because I could have been doing anything anywhere. But you know what? Nothing is as fulfilling as being in a relationship with God. And I pray you feel that too, every day. We love you guys. We'll sing another song and then we'll, I think JD will do communion and we'll walk out of here um, feeling full, I hope, with God's goodness. Okay, let's sing.